Welcome to Faith Bible College International's podcast, where we share spirit-filled preaching, teaching, and encouragement. For everyone living to make a world of difference in their life and the lives around them with the good news of Jesus Christ. You guys ready for church? Awesome. Hey, you can grab a seat. Man, I've just been thinking about it all, even since last night. Where are the hungry ones? You know, I'm excited there's hungry ones in this room. Hungry ones in the middle of nowhere, Maine. I'll tell you what, you got to be hungry for the Lord to be willing to move to the middle of nowhere and chase him where you might not be seen and not worry about it because you know that's where God called you to be. That's hungry people. I'm excited about it. And I told you guys last night, I made a small confession that I love food. And um, guys, I found a lobster roll today. And God is good. I love, oh my gosh, some fresh lobster. God is good. And I have a confession though. I not only found a lobster roll, but when I was driving, I looked at it. I was like, man, it's it's kind of small. And uh, I drove by another lobster roll place. (laughs) So I stopped in their parking lot and ate the first one and got another one. (laughs) And then the other place was selling Elaine's Donuts. And uh, Pastor Ward was talking to me about Elaine's this morning. I was like, here we are. (laughs) Win in Bangor, Maine. Lobster rolls and donuts. So I'm a little bit ashamed of myself. But I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it. But man, I'm excited about what God's doing. And I believe he's got something every single service. And I think it's hunger that that shifts it. And I've been in a lot of church services. Like I said, I might have missed 10 services my whole life. I'm a a pastor's kid, man. And what I've found is it's easy to just go to another service and go to another service and just go to another service. And, oh, I attended another service and and there's no change. And there's no change because there's no hunger. It's not just another service. It's not just, oh, can they entertain me with something I've never heard? It's can I apply the word that I'm hearing? Because it's the word applied that changes our life. It's not the word heard, it's the word applied. It's the revelation that's not wasted that's actually going to change our life. The revelation that falls on a dead heart, a heart that's not hungry, literally goes nowhere after that. It's left in the same room. But revelation that falls on a hungry heart will change your life forever. Revelation that that lands on our heart and is actually allowed to be worked out is what changes us. And I think we have a lot of people in church, a lot of people who sit there, half their attitude is, can you entertain me? The other half is just like the third soil. It gets burned up by other cares and other things, scrolling TikTok, scrolling Instagram during a service. If we're hungry, we have hearts that are open and receptive. And it has 30, 60, and 100 fold return in our lives. Amen? Where are the hungry ones in the room? Are there hungry ones in the back of the room? Man, I, I heard this recently and it, it really shocked me. It, 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 it made me think so much. And uh, I heard that, that fleas, which is just a weird thing to use in this example, but stick with me, it'll make sense. That fleas can jump 36 inches. It's like, dang, I actually like social distancing, I guess. 
36 inches is pretty far. And uh, it was wild because what, what they were saying is that although fleas can naturally jump 36 inches, if you put them inside of a glass jar that's 12 inches tall, they'll jump 12 inches and hit the lid a few times. But then they'll recalibrate because they realize they don't like pain that they don't like pressure, that it hurts a little bit when they can't do what they thought they were going to do. And they'll recalibrate and only jump 10 inches. And then what's even crazier about this is that while they only ever jump 10 inches, although they have the potential for 36, that when they have a whole new generation of fleas, those fleas only ever jump 10 inches. Because that's all they were ever told to jump. And they failed to realize that they could actually go to the 36. And I believe that's a picture of the church. There's many in the church that only jump to a certain level because other people couldn't do it. There's certain people that only jump to a certain level because it didn't work one time. There's certain people that have so much potential, and I think potential is a word we should throw out because potential doesn't matter. What matters is what you do. Who've taken life and realized and said, because of pain, because of hurt, because of experiences, I'll only ever go this far. But Jesus has called us to break through some lids. And if we're going to do anything in this generation, if we're going to see a generation saved, if we're going to see a generation impacted, it's not going to be by jumping to the levels that other people have. You know, Pastor Ward stole what I was going to talk about a little bit. (laughs) We're in the spirit. We're praying. to. You know, I think it's time to dream again. You know, I know a lot of people, young people that are unwilling to dream. I know a lot of other people, they're unwilling to dream because they've been hurt, because opportunities have missed them. But tonight, I want to challenge you to dream again. I want you to dream past 12 inches. I want you to dream past where it didn't work out last time. I want you to dream God-sized dreams because it's the God-sized dreams that are chased with faith that rock and shift and change generations. You know, Reinhard Bonnke didn't see over 100 million people saved because he said, I'll just preach and maybe somebody will show up. They didn't set up healing homes all over the nation back in the 50s just because one man said, well, maybe we'll have, we'll see somebody healed. No, it's been radical faith in God dreams that have made radical impact on this world. And it's time that a generation steps up and says, I don't care what other people have said we could do. I don't care where other people have failed. I don't care where other people say it's impossible. I care what the Lord has spoken to my heart. I care what God has said to me. You know, I want to encourage you. God's not messed up by what's happening in the messed up world. You know, I think sometimes we look, well, God, he's probably pulling the fire alarm in heaven. There's no fire alarm that needs to be pulled in heaven. God's not coming up with plan 
F because everything else has failed. Can I tell you the position even of Jesus right now? Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 declares that he holds the keys of sin, death, and the grave. The first position I want you to remember about Jesus is he's holding the, the literal authority over what used to have authority here on this earth. What used to have authority in your life, Jesus holds them in his hand. Has anybody got a set of keys on them with a lanyard? Someone throw me a set of keys real quick. Throw them. You're good. Playing church softball this year, so I need to practice. Got a lot of keys on there, bro. You must be in charge of a lot. No, when we look at it, Jesus is holding the keys. Not only is he holding the keys, but also... He rests with earth as his footstool, according to Acts chapter 7, verse 49. Jesus isn't running around like, what should we do? Archangels, what are we going to do? We're freaking out, man. Have you seen America? Have you seen Ukraine? Have you seen the world? I don't even know. God, Dad, what are we going to do? It's not the position of Jesus. He's holding the keys with his feet propped up on the earth as his footstool. He's not concerned or scared. Can I tell you? He's doing this seated at the right hand of God and he's praying for you. We don't need to be concerned. We don't need to dream smaller. We don't need to think that we serve a God that's messed up and he doesn't have the power. He's holding it all in his hands. He's resting with earth as his footstool. He's seated at the right hand of God praying for you even right now there's no issues to be concerned about there's no lack in what God can do and will do in your life yeah. Amen. 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 I told you I'm playing church softball no, no, no reason to be scared I got you <laughs> There's no reason to be freaked out, but I think sometimes we, we slip into these mindsets, man. We sl- sometimes we slip into th- this mindset, and we're in a Bible college, so I can use Bible college words. It's nice. I'm not preaching to teenagers. <laughs> where we get this, like, pantheistic mind view where we believe that God's a creator, but he wants nothing to do with his creation. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. I think the even more dangerous one would be a deistic mind view where you you believe that God created everything, but he's not more powerful. And I think a lot of people slip into this on accident where they go about and they, they start to freak out because what they see is what they believe. What they feel is what they believe. What they hear from other people is what they believe. But we can't draw conclusions of God from our experiences or other people's experiences because the creator's not subject to the opinion of the creation. And we need to realize that the hardest part about this whole life is going to be how we view God is how we interact with God. Your view of God is going to determine how you interact with God. But it's time to dream again. It's time to get a fresh faith. It's time to get an uncommon faith to do uncommon things and see uncommon results inside of your life. 
In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. It's time to dream again. Will you put your hand on your heart? We're going to pray. Father, would you release dreams inside of, inside of this room? God-sized dreams. Lord, would you erase our limits and our experiences? Father, if you called us to jump those 36 inches, would we refuse to ever put a lid on what you never put a lid on? Father, would we not just, be, just go on experiences or what we hear or what we feel, but God, would you release dreams inside of this room? Fresh dreams and visions that mighty things would happen in this generation. God, we don't want a little bit. We want all of what you have. Father, we don't want some people saved. We want to see an outpouring of your spirit in this generation. Would you give us a fresh faith for the dreams that you place inside of our life? In the mighty name of Jesus. Can I hear a mighty, mighty amen in this room? Amen. Amen, amen. Look, I, I just feel like I've seen so many people go backwards in the last two years because of what, what's happened. I'll tell you what, I don't even like the cuss word anymore, um, COVID. Um, it's not all, it's just a cuss word now. But how many people had dreams and visions and now they blame what happened over the last two years? God wasn't changed by what? God wasn't surprised by it. God wasn't taken off, uh, off course by it. But I know people that have surrendered what they thought God told them to do. I know people that took their level of dream all the way down to what other people were willing to dream for. And it couldn't be anybody in this room that's going to lower their level of dreaming for God. That's going to take the vision God gave them and silly it down to whatever else is happening in this earth. Because those that walk with faith, those who have uncommon faith, are not subject to what everybody else sees and has. Can I tell you, you're not subject to what other people are subject to. You're not bound by what other people are bound to. You're not going to have the results that other people have. You're going to have greater inside of your hands because you're not going to go by what you see, feel, or hear. You're going to walk by the word of God because just as our friend was saying, it's the light that goes before you and shows you the path. And there is nothing that can defeat the God that you serve. If God gave you a vision, it wasn't on accident. If God put a dream inside of your heart it wasn't to tease you with it if God said it it's his plan and his purpose and if earth is his footstool he can still yet accomplish it no matter what's happened before us it's time to dream again it's time to dream big dreams it's time to time to dream God-sized dreams and run like never before and run hard like never before. Amen. I think when we talk about faith, it, it, it's interesting because we always go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, right? We always go, and it's great. There's nothing wrong with it. I do too. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You know, we know this verse. We know this. But it's interesting because we would say often that's the definition of faith. But really, if you want to know the definition of faith, there's a word for it in the Greek. 
And that word is pistis. And that word pistis means this. It means that you've been fully convinced. That you're fully convinced or fully convicted of something. You know what's so powerful about this word pistis? Is that faith actually means you are fully convinced that it's already done. That nothing can change your confession. That what God said he would do is actually already done even though you can't see it. Even though you don't hear it. Even though you don't feel it. It's already completed by the word of God. And this is what we have to realize. True faith doesn't change its confession because of what's happening. True faith doesn't move the ball back as, they, as you go farther in life. True faith doesn't respond negatively when people respond negatively to you. True faith is a conviction of a reality that you don't see yet. And I think we could truly say that faith is under fire because truth is under fire. We see an attack on truth. And oftentimes, and we see Christians doing this all the time, scared to talk about the truth, scared to talk about things that that are absolutely true in the Word of God, scared to talk about what God put inside of their hearts. If we can't stand in truth, we can't stand in faith. And we got to realize that if there's a conviction of a reality, I'll never change my confession that the reality is already there. You know, we've been taught in this generation that your feelings are the greatest truth. I'm sorry, I don't know who lied to you. How you feel is not the reality of life. And I also don't like that we often in church will demonize emotions. I think emotions are healthy. They're from God. You and I really think emotions do. They expose the position of your heart. If you're offended, you just got exposed. You're angry, you got exposed. You're mad at such and such and who and who, you got exposed. You think that you got overlooked, you got exposed because you thought that you deserved something that God didn't release to you yet. I get to go home, so it's fine. You know, but I've seen so many people, they live their life based upon how they feel. That's what my children do. Faith doesn't operate on feelings. Faith isn't determined by what you're looking at. You know, we need to make a decision. Am I going to be more spiritually mature than I am emotional? You can say all the right things, but are you going to do the right things based upon how you feel? What are you going to do? Are you going to live your life based upon emotions? Because I know a lot of people that say, well, I live my life based on faith. (laughs) And it goes like this. Ready? Guest speakers coming into town, faith is all faith is all the way at the top. Because they know that, that they're gonna get the word they've been looking for. And then the guest speaker leaves and they didn't get a word. And seemingly their faith is rock bottom. And then they go to campus days and it's all the way up at the top. Such an amazing experience, and it is. And I got faith that God's going to set me free. And I got faith that I'm going to go to Bible college. And I got faith for this. And then a week later, sound like a slow decline. And then you, you have a private moment with God. And it's powerful. And right straight back up. That's not faith. That's feelings. Sure. 
Because faith doesn't waver based upon what we're feeling or what we're expecting in the moment. Faith is ever increasing. Faith is going from glory to glory. Faith starts here, but it increases over time. And many people I know, and most Christians I know, they operate their life like a roller coaster of emotions, not actually a trajectory of faith. Because a trajectory of faith doesn't say, I missed it. A trajectory of faith says, if it didn't happen yesterday, I'm a day closer today. And if it doesn't happen today, I'm a day closer tomorrow. This is the reality. It's not what I'm feeling right now because my feelings are not truth. The Bible is truth. The Word of God is the truth. Truth isn't what you feel. Truth has been solid for thousands of years. If you want truth, look no farther than the Word of God. If you want truth, don't go how you feel tomorrow morning because you ate some bad lobster. <laughs> Running the Word of God and the Word of God only. And I pray that it was not bad lobster. It was good lobster. I know it was. <laughs> you know, faith is built on the promises of Jesus. Don't look any farther than what Jesus has already promised you. He said he'd do more than you could ask, think, or imagine. I'll, I'll rest right there. God, you're going to blow my mind with what you're going to do in my life if I obey you, if I run hard, if I'm hungry, if I love you, if I remain in union with you, you're going to go farther than I can ask, think, or imagine? Sign me up. Sign me up. I wouldn't imagine that conference would be going for 11 years now and over $600,000 had come through and we'd do an, a, a one-night tour and it would be packed out and kids would get saved. and like, I would never imagine that thing. I would never imagine 11 years ago that we'd be attempting to raise up 10,000 missionaries to their generation. I'd never imagine these things. But a journey of faith and obedience to God will bring you where you can't imagine. It's time to dream again. But can I tell you real quick another little thing about faith? Faith, you gotta you gotta participate in it. Faith isn't like, well, my dad said he'd come and pick me up, so I'm just sitting on the stoop. No, like faith is actually participating in what God asked you to do. I've seen people and they're like, well, God never showed up. I got a prophetic word and he never did it. It's like, well, what'd you do? Oh, I moved in with my girlfriend. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, I got a prophetic word one time that I was going to preach to tens of thousands. And God never did it, so I don't know. False prophet, I guess. It's like, so what'd you do? Oh, I just really studied a lot and waited for my moment. You didn't preach to anybody in that time? No. No, I was waiting for the 10,000. Oh, I'm sorry. You couldn't be faithful with 20. Why would God trust you with 10,000? I believe it was John Wesley. He got kicked out of like six churches on a Sunday, like in a row, like literally thrown out. And then he showed up in a field and they chased him out of a field. And then he showed up in another field and 10,000 people were waiting to hear the word of God. Most people would have quit and they would have said God missed it because they were living on their emotions. 
But baby, when you run in faith, everything's different. You can't be convinced otherwise. Faith is not emotional. You can't be convinced otherwise. I got a conviction. I got a conviction that will never change. I got a confession that won't shift. I believe that Jesus is a healer. That won't shift. I got a faith in God. I got a faith that this generation will turn their world upside down. I got a conviction and a confession and that won't change. But I got to participate in what God has called me to do. A responsive, not an autonomous act. Faith is a continuous surrender to dependence on the gospel and what God called you to do. It's not a spectator sport. It's not waiting for God to show up. It's running towards what God told you to do. Think about Abraham, right? God's like, hey, um, I want you to take your son that I promised you and I want you to kill him. I want you to sacrifice him. Abraham's like, uh, okay, let's do it. Wakes up in the morning and he's like, oh, uh, you're going to go this way. <laughs> Most people are like, no, God, I need exact details. <laughs> so no, you're going to go to, you're going to go this direction. You're going to go in this way. You got to imagine this was like a three day journey and he was in that land. It was an act of faith to even find the right mountain. Sure. Right. It was an act of faith to go in the right direction. Some people are so scared they don't even take the first step out of the gate. If Abraham wandered for, he didn't wander, but was walking in that direction for three days, God is at this mountain. God is at this mountain. God is at this mountain. It's this one, God. Okay, let's do it. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's not a spectator sport. you got to participate in what God called you to do. And I think that God wants to give us an uncommon faith in this generation. Can you please stop looking at whatever happened to anybody else and start to dream at what God has called you to do? Can you stop looking at other people jumping 10 inches and realize that God has called you to go farther than the lid that's on their life? Because if we only look at what other people are doing, we're not going to go any farther than they've ever gone. We got to stop setting low bars and start shooting higher. Can I encourage you? There's ministries all over this world doing mighty, mighty, mighty things. So it didn't set a low bar. You know, there's, there's this ministry in Brazil called Dunamis Movement. They literally fill stadiums with young people. There's a man in, um, in Europe, Ben Fitzgerald, filling stadiums. I have a friend, Chris Estrada, him and his, his Missions Me organization literally just filled the stadium that they had the Super Bowl in, in LA, and preached the gospel to some of the most influential people in Los Angeles. You wanna know why? They didn't set a low bar. They didn't look at other people like, well, they never get a stadium. No, the stadium called them and said, we want you to be here. Yeah, we, we called the other people and they moved their tour dates because we want you here. You don't get that with a low bar faith. You don't get that by the first time you got rejected and the first time it didn't work out and the first time it didn't really feel right. No, faith is violent. Faith doesn't take the first no and just go away pouting like, well, God must have been wrong and I just don't know. It's just really hard. That's not faith. Faith stands and makes sure they get what God promised. You know, if someone came up to me after service and tried to rob me, 
I'm not just going to be like, all right, you're right. I'm sorry. You know what? You can have, you can have the keys. It's okay. No, I'm going <laughs> to have an altercation. And I'm going to make sure that I still have the keys when we're done. I'm not going to give up something that's precious to me because I don't know if I'd survive in these woods overnight. <laughs> Way too cute. Here's the truth, though. Why do we do that with the promises of God in our life? Oh, you're right. It didn't work out. This is just terrible. This is just awful. No. You need to get an aggression in your spirit that this isn't going to be the finality of the story. That it might not have looked like I thought it was going to, but I'm going to see every single promise of God in my life. That I'm not going to accept less than what Jesus promised me because I have a conviction of the truth and convictions don't change. Feelings do. And my conviction is the word of God. And if the word of God is true, and it is, because God's not a man that he should lie according to Numbers 23, 19. He's going to do what he said he'll do. Every single time. I was reading through Hebrews 11 today. I just started to circle what faith did for them. Ready? I'm just going to literally zoom through this. And this is so impressive. Ready? It says, by faith, we understand. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Enoch was taken up. By faith, Noah was warned. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise. By faith, Sarah received. By faith, Abraham offered up. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings. By faith, Jacob blessed. By faith, the... Joseph prophesied. By faith, Moses was hidden for three months. By faith, Moses refused to give up. By faith, he endured to see who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover. By faith, the people crossed over the Red Sea. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish. By faith, they conquered kingdoms. They enforced justice. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions and they quenched the power of fire. By faith they escaped the edge of the sword and they were made strong. By faith they became mighty in war. By faith women received their dead back from the res by resurrection. By faith does mighty things. By feelings get you nothing. By faith we see worlds change. By faith, we see worlds turned upside down. It's by faith that we see God move on our behalf. It's by faith that we see victory according to 1 John chapter 5. It's by faith that we're even saved. We need an uncommon faith. We shouldn't look like the rest of the world. I don't even want to look like the rest of the church. Thinking social justice will fulfill things. No, Jesus will. Revival will. Repentance will. The rest of the church think, oh, I'll just serve them. And, and, and they'll figure out that it's because I love Jesus. No, the gospel and the love of Jesus will change people. I don't want to look like them. 
I don't want to just fit in with the world. I want to show the world that there's freedom in the name of Jesus. I want to let them know they don't need to live with depression and anxiety. That they don't need to cheat on their wife for satisfaction. That they don't need a bottle so they can escape. They don't need weed for whatever they're going through. They don't need their prescriptions to, to, to sustain life. But his name is Jesus. And faith in Jesus changes everything. But it starts with those in the pulpit. It starts with those that are singing. It starts with those that are laying hands on the sick. It starts with those that have an uncommon faith. We don't need a normal faith. We need an uncommon faith. Say, God, send me wherever it is and I'll do whatever you told me to do. And I'll believe for crazy things. And I'll see those crazy things come true. I'll see them, God. Because I'll not surrender what you told me. I'll only surrender to you. No, faith doesn't bow to the fire and the expectations of the world. Let that never be your story. That you backpedal on the gospel because other people don't like it. I'm sorry, I'm not going to stand in front of those people in judgment. And to be honest, it wouldn't be love to backpedal on truth. It would be hate to backpedal on truth. Now, it's hateful to share it in a hateful way, but it's the greatest level of love to share it in love. Faith, uncommon faith, destroys what other people will run from. Look at David and Goliath. You got a whole army hiding behind rocks and you get some kid running up with cheese and bread still smelling like a shepherd. He says, what? You guys are all hiding from this uncircumcised Philistine? This is the guy that you're all running from? What do we get if we kill him? That's a good deal. I like that. No taxes. I live in New York State, baby. No taxes would be from heaven. He said, I get the king's daughter? This uncircumcised Philistine is about to find out today. That I'm not just Saul's army, but I'm God's kid. And these other guys forgot who they were. And these other guys forgot the victories that we have from before. But I haven't forgotten that God delivered the sheep from a bear and a lion. And God's going to deliver his people from this uncircumcised Philistine. And while everybody else was running away from the giant, David was running towards the giant. Uncommon faith runs towards the battles that everybody else will run from. Can I tell you, we're going to be holding the heads of giants at the end of this generation. We're going to be holding the heads of giants by the end of this because of uncommon faith. You know, giants of shame and addiction and depression. Giants of fear and anxiety. We're going to hold the heads of these giants. Because we're not going to run from what everybody else runs from because we have an uncommon faith. Our faith doesn't look like everybody else's. It doesn't sound like everybody else's because it's not emotional. It's actual conviction. Then I'll see what God said. You know, genuine faith manifests things. 
I really hate that like this new age religion stuff is like trying to steal the manifestation thing. Like I manifested it. <laughs> I had this one lady, she was like, your church is a cult. I'm like, okay, whatever. I love my church. She was, I'll manifest you a better one. Like, what? The? <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't even believe in God, but you want a better church? But you don't even make sense. <laughs> okay. Good luck, bud. Okay, bud. And, uh, it was wild to me. Because you start seeing this more and more and more. I manifested a new job. No, 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 I don't, I don't think you understand. That was a, a, a Christian thing far before it was your weird new agey thing. <laughs> didn't, it, didn't it say, in, what was Mark chapter 11, right? Speak to this mountain, be thou removed, and it will be cast into the, ocean, into the sea. Verse 23 and 24. Uncommon faith starts to manifest things that other people don't see yet. So I know God spoke to, spoke to me that this is going to be built and I'm going to start to speak this thing. Yeah. You know, I, I know of a pastor, you know what he did? He was believing for a thousand people in his church. So he started speaking a thousand people in his church. You know what he started to do? He'd sit in the sanctuary at the end of the work day. Every day. And he would just, just sit there in silence with the Lord. And he would imagine a thousand people. And he would start to speak a thousand people. And he wouldn't leave that sanctuary until he heard the cars of a thousand people showing up. He manifested that thing by faith. He spoke to a mountain, be thou removed. And it was removed. And God gave him what he was believing for. But you know, you can't do that by your feelings. You can't do that by your feelings because most people, they'll just look through their shades and get disappointed and mad because they didn't see what they thought they were going to. Well, I guess this, I'm just, I, I should quit. No one cares what I have to say. And this is, I, that sounds like feelings to me. God didn't tell us to run our, our walk with him on how we feel or what we see. But he said to manifest it by faith. And, and I believe, I genuinely believe that there's an uncommon faith that'll manifest things. Uncommon faith refuses to let their generation leave high school without leaving a mark. Doesn't, it refuses to, to leave their college, it refuses to leave their workplace, and it refuses to leave their generation without leaving a mark. We can't just go through this life and through this world living and looking like everybody else as they're going to hell in a handbasket. And it, like, you want to talk about Gen Z? I'll tell you what. This literally is like the most godless generation in recent times. You know what they need? They need Christians with uncommon faith to show them the reality of God. It's wild because they're full of anxiety and depression. Full of fear. They're exhausted. They're restless. You know what they need? They don't need another Christian that looks like the world. They need a Christian with uncommon faith. They need a Christian with the joy of the Lord. 
They need a Christian who's overcome some things. They need a Christian that won't be quiet. They need a pastor that'll tell them the truth. They need someone who's going to stand up and declare in faith and speak to their faith. They need somebody with uncommon faith. Now, uncommon faith is not, well, I'll believe it when I see it. That's not faith. Faith is, I see it, therefore, or I believe it, therefore, I will see it. That's the conviction of reality. I don't need to see it to know that it's done. I need to believe the word of God and I know that it's done. I need to believe that the healing's done. I need to believe that the generation is changing and shifting. I need to believe that the dream God gave me is already done. I need to believe what he's spoken is already accomplished. And then I can have what he said. That's why the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if we walk by sight, we're going to be stumbling a lot. But when we walk by faith, we walk in the light. And we see victory. You know, there's some people that say, well, I had uncommon faith at one time. And then I hit that 12-inch top. And now I don't want to jump again. I don't want to jump again. That hurt. That was weird. That felt uncomfortable. Can I encourage you? That just because it might not have worked exactly how you thought it was going to work out, it doesn't mean that God's a liar. And it doesn't mean that God can't use you. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you. And it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. And it doesn't mean that you're not anointed. And it doesn't mean that you're not called. And it doesn't mean all those other lies that you'll tell yourself. What it means is it's time to pick it up again. And it's time to jump through the lids that you've placed because of your experiences and because of what other people have said you can and cannot do. We don't need more wet blankets. By the way, you find someone telling you you can't do it, stop telling them what you're trying to do. We don't need more wet blankets. We need more fans. We need more fans in this kingdom, in this generation. We don't need someone, oh, you could never do that. No, I'm sorry. You're not going to rob what God told me to do. I had that at one time. It's time to pick it up again. (coughs) The reality is, He's not the great I was. He's the great I am. And your faith shouldn't remain at a low. It's time to pick your faith up again. It's time to realize that I've been jumping at 10 and God called me way further. That God called me to go to greater levels and greater depths and accomplish even more. I'm not going to jump where people told me I could jump. I'm not going to jump to where I experienced before. We need to call some things back to life. You know what's wild, Pastor Matt? I I was talking to one of my friends on the phone, and he was talking to me about 2 Kings chapter 6, where the axe head flew into the River Jordan. And and we probably, most of us heard that preached. And what they did is they called the prophet, and the prophet prayed, and they threw in a stick, and the axe head floated. He's like, you know what's crazy? That's a crazy story, right? He's like, you know what's even crazier about it? The River Jordan represented death to them. And what was swallowed up in death floated back to life again. And they were able to retrieve it. Can I tell you that's what God wants to do with your dreams? 
That's what God wants to do with whatever he placed in your heart originally. Wherever you've backpedaled from what God said to you in the first place, it's time to see that thing float again by faith. It's time to see that thing come back alive. Because we're not going to accomplish the great things of God by every time we have a bad experience, we move farther back and farther back and farther back and farther back. No, no, no. That's not how, that's not what gets resurrected. What gets resurrected is when you stand at the riverbank and you start to throw in faith and you start to cast in faith and you start to speak in faith and you start to stand in faith and you start to declare in faith and you start to look in faith and you stand while everybody else might think that you're crazy, but you start to confess the convictions that God originally gave you, that that thing's going to live and what God put in your heart is going to be accomplished and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks and it doesn't matter what anybody else's experience and it doesn't matter the lies that the devil will try to tell you that it's not for you or you're not good enough or whatever else he might try to say but that axe head's gonna float and death is gonna give back what God gave life to it's time to have uncommon faith we don't need little faith we need uncommon faith we need great faith you know my daughter and I can we'll have the band come back up my daughter, um, when she was like four years old, uh, she got obsessed with Christmas. Anybody love Christmas in the room? Yeah. Right, if you didn't raise your hand, you're kind of weird, I guess. I don't know. I love Christmas, even now. Right, I think Christmas is awesome. I love getting gifts. I don't know. Like Some people say when you get older, you're not supposed to get gifts really anymore. Like You're just supposed to get socks and ties. Um, but that's awful. I love gifts. It's my love language, is gifts. But... My daughter like fell in love with Christmas, right? So we had Christmas and then like two weeks later, she was like, dad, it's almost Christmas. I was like, you know what, babe? Christmas is coming. And it was like April, she was dead. Christmas is almost here. Sophia, you know what? We're definitely getting closer to Christmas. Don't worry, Christmas is gonna happen this year. It's like July, right? It's like 100 degrees, we're swimming in the pool. She's like, Dad, we are so close to Christmas. Dude, you know what? We're closer to Christmas, and I promise it's coming. It gets to be like October. She's like, Dad, it's cold. Santa's ready, right? It's almost time. Sophia, we're so close to Christmas. First snowfalls. Dad, it's Christmas! <laughs> I love you, it's not Christmas. That's the devil. That's snow, that's not good. It's bad. We don't like that. We like Christmas, not that. But you know what, Sophia? You're right. It really is almost Christmas. She starts hearing Christmas songs in the stores and sees all the toys and the wrappers. Like, Dad, I know Christmas is like almost here. Christmas is like almost here. You're so right. It's Christmas Eve. She's like, Dad, how many sleeps till Christmas? One more sleep, Sophia. Just one more sleep. We wake up on Christmas morning and she was so excited. You know, I think that 
the blind faith of a child is such a beautiful thing because she trusted her dad. She didn't understand the timing of it. It's like, it's middle of summer, dude. We are way far from Christmas. But when her dad looked her in the eyes and said, I promise Christmas is coming, she never one time folded her arms like, you're lying, we're never gonna have Christmas. I can't believe you would lie to me. I don't even wanna be a part of this family anymore. She never did that because she had no reason to not trust her dad. I think that that's really where we often mess up is we let timelines and experiences talk us out of what our dad said was gonna happen. You know, if God said it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. If God promised it, you're gonna see it. If God spoke that thing to you, if God gave you that dream, you don't get halfway through and be like, see, I knew God wasn't real. I knew he wasn't going to do it. I hate this and give up. No, that's not faith. Faith is simple. My dad said it was going to happen. And I believe him. The position of faith is simple. If it didn't happen yesterday, it could happen today. But if it doesn't happen today, I'm a day closer tomorrow. You're not getting farther from the promises of God. You're getting closer to the promise of God. And it doesn't matter what resistance is in front of you. It doesn't matter what thing, when it doesn't look like it's Christmas. It doesn't matter what it feels like. It matters you're a day closer to what God said was gonna happen. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Paul said this to his son Timothy. He said, I charge and entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you would wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. You know what we need? People that are going to wage war with the promises of God. So you know what? If David held the heads of giants, if Rahab was saved, if Moses was protected, if they kept and they crossed the Red Sea by faith, if by faith they understood how the worlds were created, if by faith Isaac was blessed, if by faith Sarah had a baby when she was far past time, if by faith Abraham moved to a land that he didn't know. If by faith they did it, I'll stand in God's promises for me. And if by faith, Paul said to Timothy, wage war with the prophecies you were given, I'll stand on the prophecies I was given. I don't care what it looks like and what it feels like. I don't care what the rest of the world is going through. I care what God has promised and what God has prophesied over my life. And it's time to get an uncommon faith that it doesn't look like, it doesn't matter what it looks like and what it feels like. It matters what God said and what God promised. And that's where we see mighty things happen inside of our life. You think it was easy building a boat for 60 to 100 years? Do you think it was easy walking through the desert with your son that you're supposed to sacrifice? Do you think it was easy to get 2 million people to follow you out of Egypt and then cross the Red Sea? Do you think it was easy to walk around the walls of Jericho 
Jericho for seven days until they fell on the seventh? You think it was easy for Rahab to put herself and her family on the line in faith that they would be saved while everyone else was destroyed? Do you think it was easy by that by faith all of these people did things? It's not about how easy it is. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to know more about Faith Bible College International, please go to faithbci.org. And find out how you can enroll in our programs or partner with our mission. Again, thank you for listening to FBCI Podcast. Join us next time for more teaching and encouragement. Remember, you make a world of difference. 